Welcome to our Baby on the Brand series, where we bring awareness to Canadian female entrepreneurs, influencers, musicians, and boss babes who are in prevailing and fascinating careers, breaking the mold in their respective industries, building communities, empowering women, and are showing other Canadian babes that hard work, perseverance, and loud voices pays off. We hope that our series will inspire you as you build your own successful empire and pave the way for your own revolution. Get inspired, feel empowered, and get to know more about the babe beyond the brand. This award-winning female-led digital team are website design and marketing strategists that take pride in their unorthodox strategies, unique designs, and ability to stay true to your brand and its audience throughout the entire process. These babes are the go-to social media experts in their industry, and they've proven that time and time again from the testimonials from their clients, continuous faces Ottawa award-winning winners, and a portfolio that's full of speaking engagements, high-profile clients, and a wealth full of knowledge. This dynamic duo also knows business, and they're talking all about what goes on behind the scenes of being biz owners the not-so-glamorous parts that just don't get publicly talked about enough in their new podcast, Baby, It's Business. Please welcome founder and lead strategy consultant, Crystal Archibald, and Cassandra Oakley, project manager of social media to Baby on the Brand. Thank you for having us. We are so excited. excited. The energy I was waiting for. (laughs) (laughs) The the nerves have to go and the energy will go up with it. (laughs) Ladies, this this is such an honor featuring social media on OB Boss Babes. Honestly, I have been wanting to interview and get inside your brains for so long, as well as work with you. And you know what? We're crossing all these off the list because now I can say that I've worked with you guys. You guys recently did our website, which honestly, I cannot shout your praise from the rooftops and up. It, oh, I've gotten so sweet. No, Thank honestly, you. I've gotten so many compliments, guys. It represents oh. my brand. I went to like a really high profile meeting the other day and I actually felt like such a boss being able to say, yeah, yes. if you just go to my website now, instead of like my <laughs> link tree, right? That's yeah. amazing. So guys, I want to get right into your story, but Crystal, you're in the hot seat first. So you have a background in business and project development and marketing communications. And Cass, you've been collaborating with local biz owners in Ottawa for over 14 years from being an assistant to project manager. So between the both of your combined experience and passion towards helping businesses succeed, you guys are just like a wealth of knowledge, like I was saying in my opening. But I want to get to know you babes individually first and hear how your paths crossed. The, you know, the serial entrepreneur gene has always been strong with me. So I was 13 when I started working for myself, handing out flyers for a local business. I approached them and I said, hey, I'll hand out your stuff. Um, And I went and delivered like 4,000 flyers um, every six months. And it was really great. So that was kind of my first dive into working for myself. Um, And then in my late teen years, I kind of did it again. I And no one was doing this at the time. I was a traveling bartender. So from 18 to 20, I would help like short staffed bars across the city, fill in the blanks. So someone called in sick, like one of their bartenders called in sick and they have like a nightclub full of people. They would call me and I would come in last minute. They would pay me as a contractor um, and I would work for them. And I kind of had a reputation with different owners across the city and they would refer me. And so that was kind of what I did 
um, while I was like going through school, um, also ran a cleaning business for years and years and years, <laughs> um, which was, and that kind of got me through school as well. Um, I didn't really work a conventional job through school. I kind of, you know, tried to, because the schedule is so crazy, it was hard to find like something that could accommodate the schedule. So I would just kind of fill in the blanks with what I could. Um, did the corporate thing for a few years, worked with some like big banks across North America. Cubicle life was was not for me. <laughs> um, and so kind of, I don't like dove head first back into business when I was pregnant with my daughter and I, I haven't looked back since. That's kind of me. So I'll let Cass roll into to what she's been up to. <laughs> yeah. So I've always kind of been really into just the dynamics of how people operate in business in general, uh, how they get everything done every day, how they organize everything. It's really just been something I'm obsessed with. Um, I like knowing the ins and outs and how to, you know, operate efficiently. Um, I'm guilty of being somewhat OCD that way of I want things done efficiently I want them done the easiest way possible but also you know just being you know really easy to grasp concepts on how to how to have every day running smoothly in your business because as we all know it can get super hectic um and most business owners end up just driving themselves into the ground they're stressed out every day they don't know what to do so over the years i actually watched my mom she was a project manager at a very high end company and i always saw her you know making everyone's life easier and i i really did inspire you know a lot of of that from her. And eventually I had my daughter as it all starts. I had my daughter at a younger age. I was 20 years old. I was like, what am I going to do? I, I kind of dabbled around from just, you know, the nine to five regular job for many years. And then finally I, I had Skyla and was like, I, this, I need to be able to work my schedule around her so that I can be there for her. I want to enjoy raising my kid. How am I going to do that when I'm just constantly on the grind working that regular schedule? Um, it's not easy as we all know. So I started uh, working with, uh, I networked a lot, doing some events here and there, trying to get to meet people because within my own personal friend group, I didn't really know a lot of business owners. I was young um, and at that time, entrepreneurship wasn't as popular at all. Uh, if I think back, you know, 15 years ago in my in my age group, not a lot of people I knew were starting up businesses and um kind of leads me into how Crystal and I ended up working together because, you know, we met mutually through a friend about 14 years ago and we, she was one of the only people I could talk to about business. And I was like, what are you doing? You're the only person I know who's actually venturing out and, and wanting to take on, you know, your own business instead of being stuck religiously just on that nine to five. And as we started being able to discuss ideas and, and, you know, how to make things profitable that we were interested in, we ended up coming together and having this beautiful partnership that I'm so grateful for. We get that, you know, it's still, as we all know, we're still very busy and this schedule can be a little hectic, but we definitely have that bit more flexibility, even with us, you know, we all have kids. We're trying to arrange to meet for this podcast and it's like, okay, we can move this here, move that there. Um, and it all just, it, it's, 
it's really inspiring to me for women to be able to have that flexibility because I feel like we're all so stuck in our ways with kids and work and kids and work and house and laundry and food and dinners and groceries and the whole nine yards. So I, I always really wanted to be involved in something where we had that flexibility and got to work hand in hand and just making people's lives easier. It makes me feel good. It's what I'm passionate about. I love making um, everyone else's day run smoothly. So I think Crystal and I ended up kind of falling into a really, really great place together because we really had no one else to <laughs> kind of bounce ideas off of until we merged together in that way, just in our friend group. And it kind of just took off from there. Well, after working with both of you, I have definitely recognized your strengths and your skill sets. And Cass, from one executive assistant to another, <laughs> I know what it's like and I can appreciate the grind and the prioritization yes. and the time management skills and organization skills and everything that goes behind that. And nothing and nobody is more appreciative of someone who gets shit done. Yes, and, uh, and I mean, I've noticed that with both of you. And I think even Crystal, I even had communicated to you over email. I'm like, if I ever make it big someday, like I'm literally hiring you guys as like my personal assistants because you guys <laughs> yes. literally got everything done that I wanted. I didn't have to touch a thing. And that is like every employer's dream is to have someone yeah. like that. And past, you know, just to kind of highlight you there, like I'm looking behind your awards on the wall and I know that you've- I'm still been, missing one. <laughs> you said, yes, you are still missing one, but like best executive assistant in all of Ottawa, like what a great recognition to receive. So you know what? You are doing Thank something you. right. Thank you. And you know what? That was the first one I got. <laughs> and I was thrilled. I worked for um, a company for five years now. And I watched the entire business go from five staff to now we've expanded to about 65 staff. And it was like a huge accomplishment for me to actually see like whatever I'm doing, it's working. <laughs> and, and, and I'm really the last person to give myself praise. So it was really nice to have a physical item in my hand being like, you did it, mm -hmm. you know, and to be that right hand man to a big company or woman, sorry, <laughs> um, to a, a larger company you definitely feel that kind of like sense of like, oh, this hard work finally, you know, has been recognized. And Crystal's always been like my number one supporter before I started working with her. She was always like, Cass, you just deserve so much more. You are the best at what you do. You're so dedicated. You never like your laptop is with you everywhere you go, even when you're supposed to be off, like you're ready and, and you understand that being like that is so beneficial to a business owner that at the drop of a dime, like I'm here to help and I don't get upset about it. Like, oh, it's my time off. Oh, I'm not supposed to be working. I'm not upset about it. I'm just more thrilled that I get to be that person that you can rely on that it's like don't worry because I'm gonna get it done don't don't stress about it you know and that award was like my first one and Crystal was just over the moon for me she's like yes I knew it all along finally everyone else knows it was it was so rewarding internally <laughs> So Crystal, you're the founder behind social media and you started your business back before entrepreneurs that worked from home or, or were embarking on their own paths that were not brick and mortars were really recognized. So how did you come up with the concept for your business? Yeah. And, and it's funny you mentioned that because we, we just talked about this on our podcast as well. It, at the time when I started the business and I would tell people what I, what I do, we do social media management, we run ads, we build websites. They're like, 
what? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Pardon? Because people were still so stuck in the traditional advertising and print and in radio ads and in TV that people, most business owners weren't even aware of what was available to them on, on social. And so we, we started, like I said, with, with the social media management, with websites, um, with more of a focus on like using the social content to drive traffic to those websites. Right. Um, and so while there was always like, we always had strategy involved in what we did. We, we definitely didn't label it that at first. Like we almost underestimated what we were doing. Like we called it social management, but we were doing like SEO and managing communities and planning content and scripting ads and running ads and, you know, and then making it all work together and tracking the, the results and telling you, okay, this ad, got you the most conversions. Let's do more of this. Right. And so we realized really quick that like that turned into more of like a big picture strategy. Right. Um, so now that's what we focus on. We focus on the big picture. We build out full strategies uh, for businesses from every, you know, depending on where they're at. Um, and then we implement those strategies as needed. So whether that's building a website or whether that's managing campaigns or training their business, uh, their team or training the business owner on how to like implement the strategy that we build out for them. But we kind of focus now more on those, those big picture strategies, as opposed to just calling ourselves website designers, because it's so much more than that. Oh, it totally is. Now, did you start primarily with website development, Crystal, or was the idea always to include website design and strategic marketing? Yeah, so we started, um, as the name social goes, uh, social management was a big part of what we did at first. Websites kind of came along with that as like... Um, as like the next step in that tool, like we're building this social content, but then where are we sending the traffic? What are they doing? What action are they taking? Like we need a website for that, right? Um, and so that was the, the plan was to always kind of have those two together. The strategic marketing only came in after when we realized that's what we were doing. <laughs> when we realized like we're not yeah. just doing, we're not just taking a client's content and reposting it on social and that's it. Like we were really like doing a lot of strategic work. And so we finally stepped back and like, I, you know, I was, there's mentors I was looking up to content I was consuming that really made me realize like we can kind of up-level our offering to, to include that strategic marketing. And now that's kind of our differentiator, uh, but it was never, I can't say that it was part of the plan because we didn't know we were naive as to really um, how much we could contribute to a business at the time. Well, I mean, like, isn't that like every business owner, we start with yeah. an idea and a concept and then it just, Steve, <laughs> it just continues to evolve and change and grow and. Yeah. We really don't know what we're getting into when we first start our businesses <laughs> though, right? Um, it's eye-opening. Now, Crystal, when you launched social in 2015, like that was a whole different era. Like even though it really wasn't that long ago, but 2015, like social media looks so different than it does today. And I mean, even after the pandemic, like a lot of us didn't have websites. We weren't utilizing social media to elevate and, and showcase our brand it was more of a highlight reel and, and, you know, like TikTok, like even to think TikTok during the pandemic, we were just all choreographing dances for those that weren't <laughs> making babies or drinking wine on the couch, you know? yeah. <laughs> or maybe we were doing that after, after we did it. Oh, doing exactly. <laughs> and whereas we were getting leads on TikTok in the early days for like 35 cents a lead, like that's unheard of. And, mm -hmm. and people were sleeping on this platform, but it's like, you know, that was a big, eye-opening experience for our clients who so were telling them you need to be on TikTok your audience is there no they're not yes they are um you know so so people just kind of underestimated social and they still do they still do like it, it, of course the the dynamic has changed more business owners understand the importance of it but they still underestimate it mm -hmm. but Crystal how did you explain this concept to people and and explain what you were doing because again back in 2015 
Facebook ads, those are only just starting to roll out. Like we didn't have the, uh, the sponsored ads on Instagram. Like we do now, like you are a trailblazer in your industry. (laughs) She really is. (laughs) It was, um, it was interesting. I, um, I ended up doing it for a friend who, um, had a service-based business. And I said, Hey, like, you should be on social. Like, let's put a few dollars into ads. Like we can get you some hard, like actual leads, like phone numbers in your, in your book, you know? Um, and, and so that is what kind of turned me on to like the ad side of things. So turning away from just managing the organic social to being like, okay, let's put money into this, um, because we can get leads for this, you know, small amount. Um, and so I kind of, tiptoed around it with with that business and, and learned quite a bit um and then we actually ended up how we grew our business at first um was like organic content and then we would promote the best pieces of that organic content um just to other and we would like be very like geographical we were focused on ottawa that was like we wanted ottawa businesswomen that was our demographic right um and now we've expanded that a bit but that was our demographic so i i got really intentional with that um and then other businesses would see our ads and reach out and be like, hey, I, I want to do this for my business. Um, and so that's how we kind of were able to, um, I guess you could say explain what we were doing, but by actually just showing other people what what was cap- what we were capable of. Um, and then once we started doing it for more people, then we had some great case studies and stuff that we could actually share with people when they were coming in to, to talk about it. But otherwise... Um, and a lot of word of mouth. So one business owner, we would do really good ads for. They would, you know, and business owners talk. Um, and so that was, we we find the work would speak for itself. And then other business owners would contact us saying like, hey, I see what you did for so-and-so. Um, what can we do to get out there too? And so it kind of grew that way organically. Um, we really, we, we did some like, paid stuff at the beginning, like I said, just to find our demographic. But since we've, we've been lucky enough to not have to rely on any paid traffic, but we still we still uh, do quite a bit of work there, obviously for for the client side of things. So your business is growing, your portfolio is getting bigger, your workload is almost unmanageable. So how did Cass come into play? Yeah. So I was the typical business owner when we first started. I was wearing all the hats. I had thirty seven hats piled on top of my head. <laughs> we were doing everything, and I needed help, but like. And I think this is the hardest thing for a lot of business owners is that first hire. Like, you know, you need help, but you don't even know where to start. Like, what kind of, what help do I need? Like, I I guess I need mental health. (laughs) I need like help with my mental health, obviously. But like, where else, like, where else can I pull people in and make it worth my time? Right. Um, And Cass, like you had mentioned earlier, had always kind of worked in that high functioning role side by side with business owners. And so because we were such good friends, it kind of you know, came naturally and she like rocked to keeping things organized for me, keeping me on track. I am like disorganized. I am, and on the outside, I look organized because of how we've built our structure, but I can be disorganized. (laughs) I can lose track of time. I can say, oh, I think this will take me two weeks and and it takes me three. Right. Um, So she's kind of come in and it's like really giving me like the power to say, no, this is how long this is going to take based on the other projects we've done that are similar keeps me in line keeps me on track keeps me from like self-destructing right um and we started with doing like the occasional event together so I would get hired to do like ads or social for an event so we would go we would do the events together um and so it started just like an occasional work once in a while we would do like strategy sessions and stuff when I first started diving into doing real strategy sessions we would do those together um and then it kind of just naturally naturally like evolved into where she is now as far as like managing the projects and keeping me on track um 
And our clients honestly love her. Like they ask for her over me a lot and I, like, I'm okay with that. Like, please, I love it. Um, and so that was, it's just been such a blessing. And I know not many business owners are blessed with a, with a best friend who also is able to come in and like assist them on this. So it's just been honestly such a blessing. And I don't think we'd be where we're at now if it, if it wasn't for her coming on and, and helping me kind of keep everything together. So it's been awesome. Thank you, Cass. Yeah. <laughs> we get each other through each day. Let me tell you. Yeah. yeah. Well, one thing that I want to recognize that I really appreciate crystal that you do is that, um, even though social media is your business, you're the founder, you are the boss babe behind this. It's really, it, it's really nice to see when you're including Cassandra in this, when you're like, mm -hmm. it's me and Cass, we are a team. She does a lot of the work. Like it's not just me. And I think that that sometimes goes it goes unfazed, you know, to people who, who don't recognize their team. And I, and I don't mm -hmm. want to say staff, but cause Cass is really your counterpart. Yeah, absolutely. And she's a crucial it's... part of, of social media. Yeah. And you know, Holly, it's funny that you say that because when I first started with Crystal, it was always, you know, Crystal's the owner, you know, this is Crystal's business. And, you know, she, I, I always, put all the kudos up to crystal because she's the one who got this all going. I had to learn about how to operate within her business, what she needed, where it, where I could be useful to her. And every time I'd say, this is my boss, crystal, she'd be like, I'm not your boss. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, she's like, we are partners. We're in this together. You're helping me be able to function within my own business. That's a part I can't live without. Like, I look forward to every time we get to work together because it just brings everything to a whole new level, a little bit more peace, more ideas throwing around. And we definitely, like Crystal said, have really different perspectives on things. And when we come together, it's just like magic made. We've got every option like possible on the board for us to succeed because we both just have those different, those different thoughts in our head that we bring together. But it, it's so true that you say like, I'm so lucky and blessed that working with Crystal, she really highlights me, appreciates me. And I can tell you from previous jobs, like you go unnoticed every day in your role at a typical workplace, you know, and I want to show so I'm grateful, right? Yeah. Like I try to <laughs> yeah. show you I'm grateful. Like I, I try to say that as often as possible because I've been yeah. in roles where you're working your butt off um, and, and you don't even get like a simple recognition of it. Right. So no I, I try, ass, no, nothing, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Um, but like, so this is, I, I think I, I try really hard, um, as an employer, I guess you could say, but I know that this will also turn into, I think a relationship that goes beyond the employee. Like I see us mm -hmm. being actual, like turning this into a partnership down the road. Yeah. Right. So yeah. we have that like unique kind of relationship with that. But even with my subcontractors, like I try really hard to be like super respectful. I want to, pay you what you're worth I want to pay you probably more than that like I want you know and yeah. I try to like always be kind of that top tier employer because I want my clients to see that and I want my employees to feel like they're part of the business so that when they are working for our clients um they're you know they do, care yeah they yeah, care exactly like they care because yeah. they know that you care about them yeah I just think that you know women supporting women in in, uh, in business is just so empowering. And so that's what you guys are doing for one another. You guys are empowering mm -hmm. each other by doing that. Mm -hmm. Now I want to get into everything about social media. So you start with a strategy first approach with your clients. So what does that mean? And what does it look like? Yeah. So strategy, I think is, is first about like understanding 
who your audience is um, and also like where are they consuming content and finding what you do. So for example, like there's lots of tax tactics and like platforms and stuff out there. Um, but where business owners struggle is they're using the ones that don't make sense for them. So like, <laughs> for example, um, we have a restaurant who came to us and they're like, we're using Google ads, but that's not working for us. And it's like, well, Google ads are like, people aren't going to Google into an ad and typing in your, like your restaurant name or like a, a type of dish that you sell. Like that's not how people discover restaurants. Like you need to be on social with really good visuals and videos and like doing geo-targeted ads, like target people within 15 kilometers of your business. Right. So that's like one way that we try to like do the strategy first. Um, another good example of that is like Google ads are really good for like intent-based. So if someone's going and they're like, your house is flooding. <laughs> you're going to go to Google. You're going to like go plumber in Carlton place. Right. Um, and you're more likely to actually click on an ad and like convert into a, a customer, but a plumber advertising on Instagram is like, the, <laughs> right. Like that doesn't make sense for them. So that's where we kind of, that's what our strategy first approach is, is really like figuring out, okay, yes, you know who your ideal client is, but like, where do they live online? <laughs> where do they live offline? Where are they finding information based on what you're doing? Like, are they going and typing in something and looking for you? Or do we have to like get in their feed on social and get in front of them and help them like discover you as opposed to them just going out and Googling what you do, because not everybody, depending on the industry, will be in that category where someone's going and like Googling what they do. They, they need to be discovered. And that's where social can, can serve really well. So I want to talk about website development and design. And I know it takes a lot of work. Although I did not design my website, I have done <laughs> one, one very poor website. And it was Oh my goodness. It was so much work. <laughs> and you guys are trying to deeply understand someone's thought process, their vision and expectations towards what their website should look like. And then you have to build it. This is a huge undertaking. And I would like have major, major anxiety. So what does the process look like? And, and how do you guys like articulate everything to really understand what your client wants? Yeah. So that's one thing that we've kind of pride ourselves on, I think, is by doing the strategy first process. So we sit down and we do like a half day session with our clients when we're doing a strategy for a website. So we'll sit down and we'll do um, a ton of planning where we're talking about, you know, where the users are coming from and, and all that stuff. And we'll look at their existing content. Um, but because we do that strategy first process, it allows us to like get into their head and kind of really like get a deep understanding for why they're in business, like what their unique differentiators are. Um, so I think it allows us to not just rely on like, say, building a website for a landscaper. It's like, okay, we're not just going to copy another landscaper's website. Like, let's dive into your unique take, what you guys rock at, what are we going to put front and center, right? So I, that's kind of where our strategy first approach allows us to kind of get into a business owner's head a little bit, which then allows us to have a better outcome, right? Like it means that final product is more likely to get that wow factor because we've done so much of the back end work that we know and we're fairly confident. Like, let me tell you, um, back in the day, I used to, before I'd send off any projects for a review, I would like be all shaky and sweaty and nervous um, because we weren't necessarily doing that strategy first, right? Now that we do the strategy, like I'm sending off things with so much more confidence. Like I rarely do we get feedback being like, oh, we need to change like a lot. You know, usually like it's like we change these two words and a picture and we're like, yeah, perfect, you know? Um, <laughs> and so that's like the ultimate 
I feel like that's like the ultimate um, compliment for us, right, Kaz? Like when people oh, are like, yeah. perfect, let's go, roll roll with it, right? And, and you know, Holly, I thought the exact same thing when I first started with the crystal. I was like, I would be shitting my pants about to send this website off. I have no idea if they're going to like it. Did, like, how do we know that this is what they want? And Chris was like, oh, we're past that now, honey. I learned everything there is to know and what they like, what they're into, their style. Like we really pick things apart on what their vibe is and also what their client's vibe is so that we're we're merging the two really well. And the amount of anxiety, Holly, is insurmountable <laughs> that, that, it, that I experience for Crystal. And then, you know, I always pre-approve everything with her also she sends me okay this is what we're sending off how do you feel about it and I'm like I have anxiety just just thinking about sending it <laughs> I was just gonna say another thing that has really helped us is we started including user group testing and so there's lots of sites out there that allow you to like pick and choose a user base so you could say like okay I want to find 50 people in this demographic and this age group and whatever to test a website for me. And then we send them the website and they can go through and like pick through from a consumer side of things before we're even done like building it out. So like we yeah. do all that before the client even sees it. So by mm -hmm. the time the client sees it, it's like, it's gone through all these people who have told us like how they feel about like, oh, I missed this or I didn't see this or I didn't understand this. So by the time we kind of get to that launch point, not only do we have the strategy from our end, but we have people who have actually gone through and like used the website. Um, which helps a lot as far as like getting out those little, you know, those little issues that can make us nervous to, to send it over. Right. Now, here's a question for you guys. When is the ideal time for a business to launch a website? Because normally I think in my personal experience, I'm really glad I never had a website when I first started out. And I mean, to be honest, I really didn't think I needed one. And when people yeah. would say like, oh, yeah. what's your website? I'm like, I don't need one. I'm, I'm a podcast host. And that's where I was at at that time. Right. I also didn't have a brand graphic designer. I, I, I didn't even really have a brand. Like, I mean, my colors were all over the place. I didn't really necessarily have like a great logo. Like it was just formed on Canva. I didn't have brand colors. I didn't have... I didn't have a brand concept. And I think that now that it's taken time, and again, I'm speaking from my own personal experience, um, that my brand has evolved and it's changed. And I've worked with people. I've worked with a photographer. Um, I've had conversations with other business owners. I've seen how their businesses have changed. I think like now was the appropriate and perfect time to have a website because now I have a vision for what my brand is and where it's going. But yeah. Put it on you guys. When should a business launch a website? So I think the way that people look at website builds is they're like, I will build a website and that's it. It's done. It's done. That's it. It'll serve me forever. <laughs> it's like, I think we need to look at website design as a cycle. Like it's like three to five years is what you're getting out of a website because really in three years from now, Holly, this current website is not going to serve you well enough. It's going, you're going to need different things. You're going to be at different levels. You're going to be diff getting different sponsorships and we'll have to add things to it, right? Um, and so I think where business owners can kind of struggle is at the beginning, they're like, oh, I'm not ready for a website. I'm not ready for a website. You know what? Just get something out there because in, in a year anyway, it's, you're going to need to change it, whether that's with a developer, whether that's with yourself, because our businesses are always like evolving. So like a website shouldn't last you forever. If you get three to five years out of a website, you're doing good. Um, <laughs> we see 12 year old websites out there and you can tell they're 12 years old. They're not working properly. They have the same content on there from 12 years ago. So I think 
we need to consider website design is like, it's an ongoing need. It's a cycle. So whether that's something you're taking care of at first, because that's the level you're at, great. Um, but I still think having something out there as opposed to nothing is is good. Um, don't wait for the perfect moment. Don't wait for a developer because sometimes it's like, you know, that takes, depending on who you're working with, like you may not have the revenue for that to start doing that for three to five years, right? But you need to have a website out there. Um, so I think kind of coming in and, and just deciding, okay, this cycle of this website has served me and now I'm ready for the next cycle or like the next version of this website. So that's how I think we need to look at it as opposed to there being an ideal time. You know what? I'm thinking about a concept in my head, guys, about comparing a website to like clothes. Like my sister went mm -hmm. through my closet and threw out a ton of clothes that I had from college. And she's like, these are not serving you. They don't even fit you anymore. They don't belong in your closet. It's time to get some new stuff. And I think that clothes and your style represents yes. like a website, you know, you're, you're so right. It's great to yeah. have something. You need clothes. Yeah. You need clothes to yeah. wear. You don't want to be right? naked, exactly. right? Yeah. yeah. That's but you perfect. need to update perfect. it like, you know, yeah. as time goes on. Yeah. Yeah. And it shouldn't. And again, like maybe you have a part of that website that will still serve you 10 years from now. Like you have a hoodie that you still love. Like I still wear my volleyball hoodie from high school. Okay. But yeah. I don't wear the other stuff that I had in high school. So maybe we're taking a piece of your current website that serves you really well and then updating the rest of it. Right. So that's why I always look at it as a cycle. Yes. Okay. I love this. I love where we're going with this. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We're going to hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Are you overwhelmed with work and family priorities? So overwhelmed that you don't have the time to work on your finances? If you're a busy entrepreneur who just doesn't have the time or energy to focus on your finances, but know that you need to make the time, then join Sand Dollar Financial Literacy's free virtual money date where you will get the support and space you need to sit down with your finances and get it done. These sessions are led by financial counselor, Pamela George, who offers a mini training at the beginning to get you motivated. In this monthly one hour Zoom session, you will connect with other women who are truly ready to improve their relationship with money through this unique space designed for you to get your money stuff done. No more procrastinating. Sign up for Sand Dollar Financial Literacy's free money date session happening on the third Wednesday of each month and start making more time for your money. Register now at www.sanddollar.co. Come experience the thrill of a lifetime with a skydive at Parachute Ottawa, one of the most modern facilities in Canada. And it's just 30 minutes outside of Ottawa. A once-in-a-lifetime experience with top-of-the-line equipment, breathtaking views, and a professional team with decades of experience and over a thousand combined jumps. Parachute Ottawa specializes in first experiences, education, and safety. Come achieve epic heights with Parachute Ottawa. Visit ParachuteOttawa.ca or call 1-877-OTT-JUMP. Hey, it's Kelly from Bronze by B in Kingston, Ontario, and you're listening to the Babe Beyond the Brand series with your host, Holly Molinar. Now, while we're still on the topic of website development, guys, how long does it take to build a website from scratch? I mean, it's obviously dependent on the site, um, what they need, the client needs, all that good stuff. The average website will take us 
anywhere between 30 to 50 hours or so per se, but that'll include, you know, the strategy, the content creation, um, all the development for it. And then more complex builds, well, you're looking at almost double the time. Uh, people tend to forget that when they're designing uh, a website for their business, it, it again, it's not going to last forever. So all those things that you might be planning in at that time might need to be adjusted down the road, um, which of course will add in more time to getting exactly what you want in the future. But um, again, 30, probably, hours. yeah, probably 30 to 50 for your average website. Um, and then maybe almost double that for something, uh, e-com store, stuff like that. It can triple the time easily. And a good amount of those hours are strategy. So we do yeah. that initial kickoff where it's like, you know, two to four hours, depending on the business. Um, but then we're coming in and we're, we're meeting again, discussing like, okay, here's the data we found based on the strategy and here's the content we need to create. So a lot of that is planning and not just us actually in there developing the website. Like it's a whole exactly. lot of planning things out beforehand and the actual development time um, is significantly less than 30 to 50 hours. But a lot of that is just the planning and then creating the content for the website. Cause we try to take that all, as you saw, Holly, during that process, we try to make put as little onus on the business owner. So we don't, a lot of website designers will say, okay, I'll design a website for you for this amount of dollars, but you need to send me all the page content, all the photos, all like you essentially need to like give them all the content. Whereas like, we're the opposite. We're like, we don't want, <laughs> we don't want though. Like we would prefer to start from scratch, do the strategy phase and then build out that content for you. So it like serves well. And then of course we have the, the opportunity to adjust it and to make it right and to, um, you know, perfect it during that review stage, but we don't require people to give us like pages of content. That's, that's we, the whole point of our strategy process is to kind of reduce the burden on, on the business owner. So we can kind of just take control and then that gets the best results too, at the end, to be honest. So. No, I know a lot of entrepreneurs might think, well, you know what, I can save some time and money and build a website myself. And they, they think, they would save time, but there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes, right? Ladies, like oh, it's yeah. not just, you just uh, purchase a domain and then start plugging a couple things in there, throw in your, yeah. your throw bio some pictures and, and some links yeah. and text and done. Yeah. Right. But yeah. there's so much more to it. But why do you think that a business should be investing? And that's the key word right there, investing right. in outsourcing a website developer. Yeah. So again, it just goes back to what you want your website to do for you. If you're okay with just having a brochure up there that not many people will find, you can just send people to then build something up for yourself. Cause like I said, having something is better than nothing. Right. But if you are relying on that website to generate leads for you, or you wanted to bring in traffic from Google, like you want people to go to Google and find you, um, but you don't know how to do that yourself. That's where that investment makes sense because investing in strategy and content and a good website that is going to bring in more traffic and actually convert that traffic into buyers um, is going to pay itself off. Probably like we say, it's usually the first three to six months a website pays itself off. So, and that's, and we're doing higher end websites, right? So like, that's kind of where I, I like to say is like, and I like when you use the word investment because it's not just a cost, it's really an investment, um, but a good website will pay itself off rather quickly. And the nice thing that you guys offer too with add-on services is that um, you guys can help 
help your clients maintain their websites going forward. So if there's information that that they need to change or there's staff changes or um, new products that you're adding onto Shopify, like yeah. it's so nice that, you know, you guys can have that creative control and uh, and the ability that someone can just outsource you and permanently have someone looking after their website and being like, okay, like yeah. this needs to be updated. Um, you know, like for me, like for podcast episodes that are constantly coming out and like having that, uh, that rotation on the website, I'm already thinking like, oh my gosh, like this is going to be <laughs> something I have to do weekly, yeah, but, uh, yeah. you know, I'm almost, glad that's why I, I warned you. I like to warn people in the development process. I'm like, Hey, this is the manual way of doing it, but it looks a lot nicer. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but that's, and that's the thing. So many business owners, like I said, they, they hit go on the website and they're like, I'm done. I'll wipe my hands at this job is done. And it's like, no, it needs to be fluid. You need to be updating it. So if you aren't updating it, someone should be right. And so that's why, that's why some people have us on like a retainer basis where we're doing monthly updates or they come to us every six months and they're like, Hey, like, do you like pop this in or do this and just, you know, bill us for whatever it takes. Um, and so that's what's like a nice way of um, we're able to support people kind of where they're at, or we have people who come to us and like, okay, can you train my team or, my website manager on how to manage it for me. Um, and then we're able to kind of give our expertise, explain why we did things the way they are so that they don't go in and change those things. Right. Um, and so that's kind of been a nice way too. Which happens a lot. So yes. <laughs> yes, we hand things off and then they, someone else goes in yeah. and they're like, ah. Um, <laughs> you almost can't look. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yep. Now, I know we kind of talked about this earlier, ladies, but any entrepreneur would want someone to be able to type in a few keywords around their industry and possibly location and have their business show up in those top three Google searches. So how do we get our website featured on the first page and in those top three searches of a Google search? Yeah, so this is easier said than done. It's like, and it really, really depends on the industry. So for example, Let's talk about lawyers, okay? Because they spend thousands of dollars on one click on Google. So it is so super competitive. These injury lawyers are going in and they're willing to pay top dollar to be that first person on the page, right? So if you are in that industry, there is zero chance of you organically getting to the first page of Google. It will not happen. Um, you either need to pay for ads or you need to pay someone who is doing like aggressive SEO work on your website, right? Um, but that's that industry. But on the other hand, if you are... Um, in an industry that's like a little bit less competitive than that. Um, so if you're trying to show up for keywords, but um, so if you, the, the, the best way to see this is go search your keyword and see how many people are advertising. Um, if you see three ads at the top, three ads at the bottom, maybe you're getting a little more competitive. If you see a limited amount of ads, then that's usually something you can rank a little bit easier for. Um, so Google loves content. Google like SEO is content. So when you think of ranking um, on a search engine platform, you really just need to be thinking about creating content based around those keywords or those key phrases um, that people are searching. So that's what that's kind of my nice little like tip. Everyone thinks SEO is very complicated. And of course, there's lots of technical stuff and lots of complicated stuff on the back end. But the biggest part of it is content. So, and content is really just like a page on your website dedicated to that search term that you are trying to rank for. So if you are trying to rank for um, Ottawa Cleaning Company, you need a section, not just your homepage, but you need a page on your website or a blog post or something that is optimized for that keyword. So it's in the title, it's in the post, it's you're using it organically throughout the content. Um, and then Google picks that up, right? Um, 
but again, this really like, so getting into that top three category, again, really depends on your industry because sometimes those top three results are map listings, right? So if you go up and you look like, um, for example, like Mexican restaurant, um, there's going to be like those listings that come up in the maps, right? And so ranking in the map section of Google is a little bit of a different strategy than ranking your actual website. They're two different things, right? Um, and so that's where a lot of business owners get confused is I want to show up on the first page of Google, but it's like you really want to show up on maps because that's where people are searching for you, right? But other people, like other, for example, like website designers, people aren't going on to maps for that, right? Um, so really, but th that being said, we do get enough traffic from it, from our Google map listing. So this is where like knowing your audience and like, again, what's being searched, the amount of times it's being searched will tell you, okay, this is worth trying to put some energy into SEO or I won't show up without an ad because I know that, right? So like that's where going in and kind of doing some research around the, the, the phrases and the keywords that you want to show up for can kind of tell you whether um, it's worth trying to rank organically for or whether you will need to rely on ads to show up in that first, especially that top three coveted spot on Google, right? <laughs> A lot of times those are ads. Well, while we're on the topic of showing up and creating content, and you guys know this question is coming because your <laughs> da, da, business da. <laughs> is all about social media marketing and having that brand recognition on social media is key. And social media can be found across all the social platforms, but there's not a lot of content out there. Now, I know that the perception from everybody is like, you got to show up, you got to do the reels, you got to do this, the stories, you got to be on TikTok. But I've been having a lot of conversations with entrepreneurs saying that you might not necessarily have to do that and you're still going to get business. So guys, tell us why first social is not really active on the socials. Yeah. And you know what? This is kind of a three part, a three part thing. So like you said, it's knowing your strategy. Where are you getting your leads? Right? Because we don't rely on social leads as part of our strategy. Okay. We, we so that is one of the first things to get thrown to kind of the back burner right and i'm a big i'm a big proponent of like quality over quantity if you are struggling with social don't just post things for the sake of like being consistent don't you know like like put out good content um and the third part of that is our despite the fact that we we don't post a lot um our social presence is constantly growing because we are out there actively engaging with the people that we want to know about us so we don't wait for them to come to us we go out and find them and then they can still consume our, uh, the ton of content we have there um, and it's valuable content and so they're not just scrolling through like templates that we post every day because we want to post they're scrolling through like the educational stuff the stuff that I took a ton of time to write and put together that kind of like shows our side of and how we think about things and how we develop our strategies um, and so we kind of again we don't really we're just we develop so much content for other businesses um that because it's not such a big part of our strategy like we get very little leads off of social um that we just it, it gets thrown to the back burner um and again so that the business owners who are saying you know you don't need tiktok you don't need reels it's because they're getting leads elsewhere but if you aren't getting leads elsewhere if you don't have that steady stream where you where you have to actively like go out and market yourself, that's where you need to be on social, right? Um, but we're also on a mission this year, right, Cass, to like be better. Like, so to not yeah. only be consistent for ourselves, but to actually, it's more to empower our clients to be consistent mm -hmm. because we are here yeah. building strategies for these people, being like, hey, you need to post this much because you need this to grow your business. But then we're not doing it. 
mm-hmm. right? Because we're not getting leads that way, but we want to set an example because the people, the clients who do rely on social leads, we want to empower them. So that's our goal for this year. And we've been trying to mm-hmm. be a little bit better, but when things, when life happens and let me tell you, it happens, right? As business owners, um, the stuff that isn't getting us the active leads uh, tends to be the first thing to kind of be pushed to, yeah. the, to the back. It's funny because we still still get followers daily without posting anything. And I think a really important part of that is what Crystal Crystal embedded in me the second I came on board was engage. Engage with other business owners. Go like their stuff, comment on their stuff, support them. And luckily we get that support right back. We've also, you know, we're called social, even though we're not the most social people all the time, we can be very introverted. We are still out there at events, supporting people, um, other business owners, of course, and, and really engaging in, in their content online, because that is what ultimately has been getting us recognized since the leads, like Crystal said, are, are not really coming from our social platforms. A lot of it, luckily, is, you know, word of mouth and, and our strategic plan is a little bit different. But us supporting the other business owners is ultimately what is giving us that support in return to still have a following and to still be out there socially. I always say, choose your audience. Don't wait for them yeah. to find you. Go out and find them. Who who yeah. do you want to buy or engage with you? Okay, perfect. Go out and search those hashtags, search those locations, find the most recent content, like it, comment it, follow them, whatever. That's going to get you way more attention and in front of more eyes than a single reel will. Yeah. And in front of the people who can actually buy from you, as opposed to a reel, which may reach 8% of local buyers and the rest are people who will never buy from you. Mm-hmm. Well, Crystal, I remember when you spoke at our at our branding event last year and you had said so many great crucial points, but one that really stood out to me was uh, was about engagement, but also like, don't just post and ghost. Like you yeah. also have to be like engaging, like you said, you know, with your audience, but also like celebrating other business owners, commenting, like not just liking yes. a post just to like it, like actually answering the DMs, providing valuable content. Like I I actually was talking to another business owner the other day and they were saying like, oh, I mean, if someone's asking me a question, like I'm just going to refer them to my packages because like they can just buy something. And I'm like, but you just like lost a client that could potentially be a long-term customer right there. Like, why don't you provide valuable content to them and like answer the question that they're asking for instead of just directing them to buy your package? Because now you didn't build that relationship. And that was something that Mm -hmm. Crystal, you had talked about was being your authentic self and actually creating genuine friendships and connections and networking with people. And, um, I just, I just think that like the value of authenticity and engagement on social media and in the outside world it's it's so valuable it's mm-hmm. priceless it's yeah. absolutely priceless yep and we are on a mission to to do better so so you guys can light <laughs> the fire under our feet yeah but i think i posted three posts this week so we're good i know we're good. <laughs> crystal now i want to shine a spotlight on you because last year you were a mentor for scotiabank's women initiative program which gives women entrepreneurs across Canada the opportunity to connect with experienced business leaders through one-on-one mentorship at no cost. What an honor, honestly. Like that is so cool. And I'm really glad that you highlighted that on the socials. But I want to know how you got involved in this initiative. Well, Scotiabank reached out to us and it hit my junk mail. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> 
And I was like, this isn't, it's like, this might be a phishing email. So I'm like, oh, whatever. I opened it because it had my name in the subject, um, which is rare for, and I don't bank with Scotiabank. So I was like, okay. Um, and I opened it up and, and it was not junk mail. <laughs> um, and it was like an immediate yes for me because um, it was something I wish I had when I was in my early years of business. Like I wish I had access to mentors um, at no cost, because let me tell you, I have a mentor now, but I pay quite a bit of money for them. Right. So, um, but to have that access to someone um, at no cost, um, it was something that I just wish I had. So it was like an immediate yes for me. Um, it was a really, really fun opportunity. Um, and not only was I able to like to support other women in business across the country, like I worked with people in Alberta and BC, but I also like, I learned a lot from them as well. Like how are like, and this is what, where we kind of went with our first podcast episode was like the mental health struggles being like, okay, we're not alone. Everyone's struggling with A, B, and C. We're all just at different levels, but we're still struggling. Right. And so it's kind of nice to like learn from them as well and like take on some of, um, some of their expertise and the stuff they've gone through and it was just it was a really cool experience and they set up a really nice easy platform for us to interact with and provide feedback on um and it was really really fun there's so much importance behind mentorship and business and knowing that you're not alone um and i think that like you guys starting your podcast, which is a great way that we can segue into this conversation is so important. I was listening to it on my walk with my son this morning and I was just like, yes, yes. Like all the different <laughs> touch points that you guys talked about, like from mental health and business, like especially those that aren't taking breaks, they're working alone. You know, we're, we're working 80 hours behind the scenes. We're, uh, we're not connecting with other business owners and finding that relatability, um, but where did the idea for, for your podcast come into, come into play? I like, it, it was like almost initiating my own therapy. It's like, these are things I want to talk about. So not mm -hmm. only like, do we want to, not only do we plan on talking about like marketing and the stuff we do on this podcast, but I really wanted it to be like the nitty gritty of business and like real life and women as like we have to combine business and our real life and balance them both and please everybody. Right. Um, and so I just, it, it was just kind of like a way of, and like we talked about on the podcast was we have to like initiate our own therapy. Like what works for you? Like talking it out works for me. So when I'm having a bad mm -hmm. day, if I can like go and send Cass like a nice like paragraph or novel about what's happening, that's like my therapy. I'm like, whoo, done. Like it's good. It's gone. Um, and talking and then, about it. And then she'll is turn good around and too. say, I'm so sorry. I'm like, do not apologize. Right? I mean, we always feel guilty telling yeah. me these things, yeah. you know, and, and I think there's a lot of business women who don't have that. Um, and I think it's, it's really essential. And, you know, Holly, I think you inspired us a lot to just do it. You know, yeah. Crystal had mentioned the podcast. We were both really, really, you know, passionate about wanting to have a platform to discuss these things um not only what we do and but just the the day-to-day yeah. -day of being a yeah. woman in business and we were putting it off and putting it off and putting it off and oh we need to get everything perfect in this and that and and you know like you said you're like just fucking do it <laughs> just, <laughs> just do, do it. it you just yeah. have to do it and and that's what we did you really helped put that fire under us you know and inspired us we see you know everything you get to do and all the wonderful people you get to work with on your podcast and we're like well we want to do that too like <laughs> like we we love it well like empowering we people love I love yeah. the way like I listen to your podcast and I feel empowered and I'm like it's yes. relatable and that's exactly what we wanted other business owners to see themselves in us so we not only want to talk about 
our expertise in marketing and, and what we do, like, of course, we're going to talk about that and deliver value to these business owners as well. But I think another piece of value we can deliver is just that relatability and like real life. Hey, we're business owners too. We are women in business. We have families too. We have kids. Let's do it together. You know? Well, I just find that there's so many podcasts out there that talk about the successes and the behind the scenes of motherhood and, and how they juggle it all. But people don't really talk about things like the CRA coming after them, which is like something that you guys had talked <laughs> yeah, about yeah. too. Yeah, and the yeah. burnout and like the perception from the public, especially people who aren't entrepreneurs and have only ever worked the, the nine to five jobs and are like, yeah. oh my gosh, it must be so nice because guess what? That was my mindset years ago. I remember like yeah. scrolling on my feed being like, look at so-and-so like they're out for lunch. Must yeah. be nice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're making X amount of revenue. Must be nice. But it's like, you don't know how hard that yes. person worked to get there. Yes. Like, and I think that exactly. having these conversations are, it's it just, it's so important. And I love that you ladies are doing it. And I'm so glad you guys bit the bullet and finally put your podcast out there. <laughs> and Crystal, just a quick side note too, because I have been waiting very patiently, maybe almost actually <laughs> impatiently waiting for your podcast episodes to come out that I've literally been like looking on Spotify and Apple I know you podcasts, found us like, last wait, night. Wait. I did. Yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> after I published. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and of course you've got to get your marketing stuff. And here I just screenshot have been like, WTF? Like, <laughs> I did not see any promotion about this because I wanted you guys to send it to me so that I could like share it across my platforms. And you're like, Holly, like we literally just published it. Like hold your horses over here. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. And we did, we, I finally put up some content for it today, but yeah, we, I didn't realize either we'd have to wait for like Apple approval and Google. Like they all re review us individually, I guess. But yeah, very exciting. We're just so happy it's finally done. Well, tell everybody about your podcast. So what is it? Yeah. Um, like what's the, what's the name of it? And how often can we expect for episodes to come out? So it's where it's called Baby, It's Business. Um, and really like our, what will the, the topics we'll be talking about together, like real life business combining the two. And then we're going to talk about like marketing your business and growing your network and stuff like that, because it's an important part of business. Um, and again, like the goal was really to help other women in business feel seen, like we're, we're all going through it. Right. Um, and so like, we'll have a lot of relatable real life content, uh, but also like actionable insight insights and like real resources to help people grow their business. I wanted to combine the two. I thought that was important. I didn't want to just talk about the rough stuff. <laughs> I want to be like, Hey, like there's good sides to this too. And here's how we can actually like grow together. Um, so first episode is live. It's called, this is mental because I think we must be mental to go into business for ourselves sometimes. <laughs> um, next episode is being recorded in 10 days. Um, so we're, we're looking at probably like a bi-weekly schedule. Um, and we'll be chatting on our next episode about, uh, like growing your business network online and also, uh, like locally in your, in your region. So babyitsbusiness.com is where you can find us. We're also on IG at babyitsbiz. Amazing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, like I said, I listened to your first episode this morning and honestly, perfection ladies, like there was oh, nothing that I would recommend you. to change or anything like that. Like it just, it was great information and I'm so excited to follow along and be tuning in bi-weekly and, and, uh, and just, you know, shouting your praise from the rooftops. Cause I'm just so glad that this finally is out there. Cause you guys have been talking about this for so long. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. You were so, so true. You are so true to your brand of babes empowering babes. Like, look at you go. You are, you truly inspire me, like, you know, to really be 
proud and enjoy this podcast experience with Crystal and and you are so true to your brand like you have really uplifted us and just encouraged us to just do this and I personally can't thank you enough I'm like for our paths to connect I couldn't be more grateful honestly you you've done so much for us mentally and 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 for the community the whole community I know the whole community listening is like yes 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 exactly like I don't I, I think you miss a lot of that praise sometimes too for yourself and everything you do for everyone because man you have really inspired a lot of people um, through your podcast and and everything you guys discuss and helping people with those proper um, tools also in business as well and being relatable so it's like introducing us to new businesses yeah people I never would have heard of if it wasn't for your podcast right it's crazy Oh, well, thank you. Yes, that's, guys, like that is just so sweet. Thank you so much. And I think like, that's just, that's just one of the greatest things about the podcast and about this community is that we're able to kind of connect with one another. And it's so great when I get a message in my DMs saying the reason why I worked with social, the reason why I worked with Amber, the reason I worked with so-and-so yeah. is because of, I like, I heard them from you or I saw them speaking at one of your events or yeah. you had them on the podcast or like, that just makes my heart so happy. And I mean, we're all here to help one another, right? Like we don't have to do this alone and that's what we're all here for. And we're here to recommend other businesses. And if I can just help with like this platform and and be able to kind of help other businesses grow, then I'm here for it. Right? Like, of course we're here to do. But ladies, our hour is slowly coming down to an end here. And uh, and I do have a couple more questions for you and they can be found in my rapid 10. So are you guys ready to dive in? Let's go. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. What should the first thing people should see when they come to your website? The action that you want them to take. So if they're coming to your website, it's for a reason. They're probably like so say you're running an ad and they're coming to your website to book an appointment like don't don't hide that like put that whatever you want them to do whatever action you want them to do should be the first thing they should see in multiple places put it in your menu put it in your hero section um but really like give them the action first because if they want information they'll dig into your about they'll keep scrolling but a lot of people will land on a website with intent to take action so let them do that Cass I'm gonna put this one on you trivia time when do you think Shopify launched to the public? What year? Oh my God. Let's go 10 years ago. June, 2006. We'll take it. Wow. Isn't that crazy though? <laughs> I would have, I would have definitely thought later. Okay. <laughs> we all remember what our first email address was, but what was yours? Mine was sugarsweet001 at hotmail.com. <laughs> it's no longer active don't bother (laughs) um mine was california dreaming 16 at hotmail because i love the song my mom would always play it for me (laughs) i love it mine was super gal 390 (laughs) super gal i love it we all had to have the numbers there too like why (laughs) we all needed the numbers (laughs) facebook and instagram ads are they worth the investment Again, you got to know where your audience is. If your audience is consuming stuff on there and you have a good discovery product, you have good content. So don't run ads without good content. Run your ads based on your best performing organic content. Don't create an ad. Everyone can see an ad. We we all see that in the scroll. Promote your best organic content. Um, But only if your audience is on Instagram or Facebook. Name three platforms that you can build your website on. 
So for DIY, um, Squarespace is really good. Um, Shopify, obviously for e-commerce, if you're doing any e-commerce, I would pretty much only go to Shopify at this point. Um, and then um, <laughs> I'm going to say WordPress over Wix only because Wix can just be such a dumpster fire to work with. Um, so I'm going to say WordPress, but only dive into WordPress. If you need like additional functionality, you need your website to have a client portal or you need it to have a login or, or something like that. But otherwise, if you're DIYing Squarespace or Shopify will be, will serve you well. Should we accept cookies from a website? Depends what flavor. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so this is this is interesting, and this really comes down to your personal preference. So um, I always accept everything because I don't care what I get retargeted with. If you don't like to see ads from a certain product, or you don't want your data to be collected, so if you don't want them to use that data to target you in the future, then you can say no. But otherwise, it really doesn't do any um, any harm for for most websites. If for most of the data they're collecting about you, um, it's not as deep as people think on a website. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. <laughs> We hear that businesses should be on TikTok if they're not already, but should we also be building Pinterest into our marketing plan? So Pinterest, um, it's good for getting traffic to your website. So if your primary goal is to get traffic for something very aesthetic, then Pinterest is great. Where Pinterest doesn't serve really well is if you have a hyper local audience. So if you're only, if you're a boutique and you just sell in Ottawa and you don't sell um, online. Then putting stuff on Pinterest um, and getting those backlinks to your website really is going to serve you very well because those people can't come in and buy from you. Um, so where Pinterest works really well is for e-commerce brands who have really aesthetic stuff. Um, Pinterest can be a really valuable tool for driving traffic directly to like product pages um, and stuff where they can actually take action. Um, but I think Pinterest uh, and TikTok are usually two completely different strategies. They don't often overlap. It's usually one is better than the other for, for again, dependent on the business and the audience and, and what their goal is. Crystal, you were using this abbreviation several times during your episode, and I am sure that we had a couple people Googling what it meant. So what is SEO and why is it important for our business? Yeah. So search engine optimization. Um, and again, it's only important if people are actually searching for what you do. So if if you are in a service-based business or you sell something that you know people are actively going to Google and searching for, then you need SEO and you can't live without SEO. Um, but if you have, um, again, something that people aren't necessarily going and Googling, like you are, um, you sell, like you're a boutique, you sell clothes, like people don't generally go to Facebook and like or to Google and type in like, sweater Canada or whatever right like so so that's where finding people on social um and finding your audience there can serve you better than than putting time or money um, or energy into SEO so again it really everything we say I feel like all our answers are it depends uh, but this is where strategy this is why we do strategy because it really depends how can we boost traffic to drive people to our website um, again, it depends on if you're if you're someone that is getting Googled, like get onto Google Maps, optimize your optimize your profile on Google Maps um, because that can actually drive like we get a ton of traffic from our Google Maps listing um, as far as driving traffic to our website. So we don't always have to think of it as like putting our our links in all of our posts and spamming people with that. I think really good content, um, smart Google content 
can drive more traffic than just like posting the same thing with the link to your, and don't send everyone to your homepage. Like send them, if you're talking about a specific product, like product, send them to the product page. If you're talking about your podcast, like don't send them to your homepage, then send them to your product, uh, your podcast page. Um, and so I think just being intentional as to where you're sending the traffic as well can help them like stay on the website longer and, and optimize all that stuff too. And you know, this question's coming. Who's one Canadian boss, babe, that inspires you ladies that you guys think everyone should know about? So sorry, I'm answering all these questions, Cass. I just, I feel like oh, it's okay. I really need to talk about. So um, Marie at Choose Happy with Marie. Um, it's, she has a podcast. She does affirmation cards. She really focuses on like choosing your own happiness. Like we're all worthy of living a happy life. Um and so she's really big on like improving our self-talk to each other and stop being so negative and like getting healthy habits so that we can actually like choose to be happy as opposed to waiting for it to come to us. Um, and so she's, yeah, choosehappywithmarie.com and Choose Happy With Marie show is the podcast. Um, and I highly recommend checking her out because she is just a ray of sunshine and um, she's really helped uh, kind of get in my head and, and help me get out of my own thoughts too. All right. So we're going to have to give her a follow on the socials, but guys, yes. let's bring it back to social media here. Tell everybody how they can work with you guys. Let's drive traffic to your website and the socials. <laughs> and then one more plug to your podcast, because I want everybody right now to go on Apple podcasts or on Spotify and give baby it's business a follow and please give them a rating of five stars because we want them to get those ratings oh, up yes. so that they can be found on all over on uh, everywhere you listen to podcasts so that, uh, yes. so that people start listening. Yes. Cass, you want to tell everyone where to find us? You can find us at social.ca, S-O-C-L dot C-A. All of our uh, information there to book a strategy session with us, a consultation, whatever the case may be. If you just kind of want to dive in to figure out how we can work together, you can find us on our website uh, at S-O-C-L dot C-A. Or fire us an, an IG message. So uh, social.media so socl.media on ig fire us a voice note or a message or tell mm. us how you felt about this episode <laughs> uh, we, we'd love to hear from you um, oh and the podcast the podcast so babyitsbusiness.com is where you can find um all the links to all the platforms and, and everything about us all our socials are there as well so babyitsbusiness.com and we hope you'll tune in and thank you so much for allowing us to feature our podcast on your podcast because we are just so grateful and you've been like we said such an inspiration so well ladies grateful. Thank you both so, so much for being a part of OB Boss Babes. I am just so grateful for the two of you and everything that you guys have helped with my own brand. And uh, and you guys have just given me, like I said, you know, so much great advice and uh, and strategy and and um, direction as to where my own business is going. And, and I mean, Crystal, like you've been a mentor to me as well in, in making some really smart and strategic business decisions too. And so I really appreciate you guys and, and everything that you guys are about and for those listening, get yourselves a website and I highly recommend working with the ladies from social. You guys are not going to regret it. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into this month's episode of our Baby on the Brand series. We're going to be back again next month with a really exciting podcast episode that's going to be in studio, which means that we are going to be on site in Prince Edward County with the ladies from the June Motel. I'm 
so excited because me and the team are heading to Prince Edward County for this special episode. So watch our socials because we're gonna be doing a couple fun giveaways and some teasers around that. So you don't wanna miss it. We can be found on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok at OV Boss Babes. And of course on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this right now. So subscribe if you're not already, give us a rating if you haven't done so. And uh, we'll be back again next month. 